This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, the Pentagon is winding down more COVID-19 restrictions within the building. Certain aspects of the military's pandemic response efforts are also coming to an end. Meanwhile, the Defense Department is asking for more FOIA exemptions. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Beginning June 23rd, those working in the Pentagon will begin to see some new coronavirus restrictions lifted. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby says the building will move to health protection condition Bravo. Under the new rules, workplace occupancy can move from 40% to 50%. Gatherings in the building can increase from 25 to 50 people. Those who are not fully vaccinated should continue to follow mask and social distancing guidelines. The active duty military has finished its mission of helping to run mass vaccination sites. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has more. At the height of the Pentagon's response, more than 5,100 active duty service members had been staffing 48 separate federal vaccination sites in the continental U.S., Guam, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. But DOD says the last one of those sites in New Jersey shut down this week. But even though the need for active duty forces has subsided, it's not a complete end to the military's role in administering shots. National Guard troops across the country are still involved under the authority of their state's governors. All told, the military has administered some 17 million vaccines. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. Advocacy groups are pushing back on the Pentagon's latest bid to conceal unclassified information from the public. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. DOD is once again asking Congress to expand its FOIA exemptions. The Pentagon says it needs to keep some unclassified details, like military tactics and rules for the use of force secret to protect national security. But 45 open government groups are urging lawmakers to reject the request, arguing the law already provides sufficient exemptions for the military. They say the proposed changes are overly broad and point out that DOD's FOIA backlog is at an 11-year high. It's the seventh time the Pentagon has made such a request since 2011. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. An investigation by the Pentagon's Inspector General finds employees of the Defense Digital Service improperly used the encrypted messaging app Signal for official government business. Several employees told the IG there was a perception that DDS used the app for the explicit purpose of concealing their messages from disclosure under the Freedom of Information Act. The findings were part of a broader investigation into DDS Director Brett Goldstein. The IG says it received 30 complaints that mostly alleged he created a hostile work environment, but investigators say those claims were unsubstantiated. A majority of solutions to the Defense Logistics Agency's cybersecurity problems are implemented behind schedule. DLA failed to complete 69% of its corrective action plans within its one-year time frame, the Government Accountability Office found. DLA also only fully addressed two of its six risk management steps. To address these shortfalls, GAO made five recommendations for the DLA director, including revising the agency's assessment plan approval process and developing system-specific monitoring strategies. Just five Army bases account for one-third of the sexual assaults on women. Federal News Network Scott Massioni has details. Forts Hood, Bliss, Riley, Carson, and Campbell make up a disproportionate amount of the Army's sexual assaults against women. A new study from the Rand Corporation found the average female soldier has a 5.8% chance of being sexually assaulted in the Army. However, that risk was significantly higher on those bases. The study also found that women working in field artillery or in ammunitions had a higher risk of assault. 
Rand hopes the Army will use the data to better target sexual assault and harassment prevention measures. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. Commercial space activities will follow new safety standards and regulations in an effort to build more oversight around spaceflight. The Federal Aviation Administration and Air Force agree to blend FAA regulations and licensing requirements with Air Force ground safety rules at ranges operated by the Space Force. The agreement specifically applies to launch and re-entry activities at Cape Canaveral Space Station in Florida and Vandenberg Space Force Base in California. The procedures are designed to eliminate redundant processes within the commercial space sector and increase communication between the Air Force and FAA. NASA has a new deputy administrator. Pam Melroy was sworn in on Monday. She is only one of two women to ever command a space shuttle and has logged more than 38 days in space on all three of her missions, which were to help build the International Space Station. She also served more than two decades in the Air Force. A Postal Service career executive who led its Pandemic Response Task Force will retire this summer. We get more from Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. USPS Chief Retail and Delivery Officer and Executive Vice President Kristen Seaver will retire from the agency at the end of August. Last year, Seaver served as the head of the agency's COVID-19 Response Command, which oversaw employee outreach and USPS continuity of operations in the early stages of the pandemic. Seaver served as the agency's chief information officer during part of her nearly 30-year career and helped shape the agency's 10-year reform plan released in March. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. A legislative fix of a key provision in the Modernizing Government Technology Act has House support now. Congressman Jerry Connolly says he will introduce legislation to ensure agencies can set up IT working capital funds. The 2017 law authorized agencies to retain savings or use unspent money for IT modernization efforts, but several agency general counsels decided they did not have the authority to set up such a working capital fund without congressional approval. Earlier this year, Senator Maggie Hassan said she too would introduce legislation to fix the MGT Act. The $50 billion small business contract from DHS is facing a major challenge. Federal News Network's Jason Miller tells us why. Two vendors say the Homeland Security Department is unduly restricting competition and creating unnecessary limits on competition under its first Source 3 solicitation. ZSoft Tech Solutions and KPAL Properties filed protests with the Government Accountability Office, alleging DHS's requirements for two certifications are unfair. The companies say DHS was not transparent about why it's requiring the ISO 9001 and the Open Trusted Technology Provider Standards to qualify to bid. GAO has until September to decide the protest. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. Contractors will soon get an important preview of one way the Biden administration wants to protect the government's software supply chain. On July 11th, the National Telecommunications and Information Administration will publish a list of minimum elements for a software bill of materials. NTIA's Alan Friedman says the S-bomb should detail what goes into a software product, just like the list of ingredients on food packaging. NTIA received more than 80 comments on its request for input on the S-bomb initiative ahead of the July release. Federal contract spending shot up last year and is still heading up this year. Here's Federal News Network's Tom Temin. The latest analysis from Bloomberg government shows spending in fiscal 2020 rose by $83 billion to a record of $682 billion. This fiscal year, it could hit nearly $700 billion. Pandemic response fueled much of the growth, but warships and fighters also rose by double digits. That left Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, General Dynamics, Boeing, and Northrop Grumman as the five largest federal contractors. Bloomberg's top 200 list had one new entry. Fisher Sand and Gravel of Arizona ranked number 32 with two and a half billion dollars in federal contracts. 
Think Border Wall, Tom Tamman, Federal News Network. And the Biden administration is launching a new website to help the IRS roll out a new form of stimulus to households this summer. ChildTaxCredit.gov allows households to submit eligibility information to the IRS if they have not yet filed tax returns for 2019 or 2020. The IRS, starting in July, will send monthly payments of up to $300 per child to eligible families. That's because Congress expanded the child tax credit program in the last round of COVID-19 relief spending. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Ever wonder why people don't get the care they need? Why their care isn't the best it can be? Ever wonder if home care could be as safe and effective as hospital care? So patients get hospital-quality care during home treatment. Ever wonder if you could drive out waste so organizations could save billions? Health needs the power of wonder and bold ideas in pharmacy, care, and benefit solutions. Ever wonder who can do that? Wonder no more. Evernorth brings wonder to health services. Learn more at evernorth.com. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.